Hello, friends. Welcome to Emmanuel Cares, a podcast of Emmanuel Lutheran Church of Shirley, Wisconsin. I'm Pastor Dave Rudot. Today we are finishing up uh, the season of Easter, finishing up our book of Revelation, Revelation 22, reading verses 12 to 17, and then verse 20, with the thought of Jesus' ascension. Is it a beginning or an end? Let's join the worshipers on May 29, 2022. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word for today, from the last book, last chapter, a book of Revelation, chapter 22, Beginning at verse 12, Jesus says, Look, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me, to repay each one according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and so that they may enter through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, that is, the sorcerers, the adulterers, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears this say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wants the water of life take it as a gift. The one who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. This is God's word. I invite you to pray with me. Direct us now, O gracious Lord, to hear aright your holy word. Assist your minister to preach and let the Holy Spirit teach. And let eternal life be found by all who hear the gospel sound. Amen. Please be seated. I begin this morning with a question that kind of frames our whole conversation about the ascension of our Lord Jesus and these last verses of the book of Revelation. And the question is this. Is the ascension of our Lord Jesus into heaven an end or a beginning? Is it an end or a beginning? Let me make the case for both sides. So is it an end? Well, pastor, it's at the end of the gospel lessons and usually... At the end of the story, you have the last thing, so that's, that's the end, right? Jesus' ascension is at the end of the Gospels. Jesus removed his physical presence from the earth. That sounds like an end to me. That's one side. But, Pastor, it's at the beginning of the book of Acts a book that talks about how the the apostles, the acts of the apostles as they went, and they did what he had told them to do, to spread the gospel in Jerusalem and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It sounds like that's a beginning. You also have the angels standing next to the disciples who are like we would be if we're trying to, at the end of something that is... uh, that we like, we want to prolong that as long as possible. There they are standing that up into the sky, and the angels are telling them, what are you doing? He's going to come back. The clock is ticking. You've got a job to do. Go. 
They're like mom and dad who wake you up in the morning saying, you're wasting daylight. Come on, get moving. The ascension of our Lord Jesus, is it a beginning or an end? Well, we're talking about Jesus, who identifies himself as the beginning, the end. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. The one who was there at the beginning of all things, as John writes in his gospel, in the beginning was the Word. And as he writes in Revelation chapter 22, here Jesus is at the end of all things. And Jesus is there for all of our beginnings and ends too. Life is filled with its ends and its beginnings. We're in graduation season, the end of a graduation service. Is that an end? Is that a beginning? You know, both, right? There are different chapters in a person's life. Somebody passes away, that's an end, but it's also a beginning. You start a new job, end and beginning. And in all of those things, there is Jesus who is the beginning and the end. Who's there for all of our beginnings and ends. And he will be there at the end of all things, which is our Revelation chapter for today. And as Jesus is speaking today, it's going to burn our ears a little bit. We're going to listen to Jesus and we're going to say, Jesus, that doesn't sound right. Look, I am coming soon and my reward is with me to repay each one according to what he has done. Doesn't sound right, Jesus. I thought we got to heaven because we believed in Jesus. What, what is this about doing things? Doesn't sound right. And that's usually because we've always shortcutted God's salvation story, what God, God did to save us. The whole, the whole picture, we always do these shortcuts, and we forget about the, the, the big picture. And the big picture is this, and that is only perfect people get to heaven. The reward for being perfect is heaven. You and I are not perfect. Not by a long shot. We sin, and we need Jesus who lived a perfect life on our behalf, who shed his life, who shed his blood, who gave his very life, his perfection to us as a gift. And God, when we stand before God, He's going to be looking not at our righteousness and the things that we did, but at Jesus and his righteousness and say, oh, you're perfect. Here's your reward, heaven. Now John says that in the very next verse. He says, blessed are those who wash their robes. They have the right to the tree of life. Washing robes. We talked about this in Revelation chapter 7, but let me just review. Wash their robes in what? The blood of the Lamb. God has given us this wonderful thing called the keys, the ministry of the keys, to forgive sins, to wash one another in the robe, in the blood of Jesus. We had those two really good confirmation essays last week, and both of them talked about this. One talked about the fact that baptism reminds us 
to wash ourselves every day, to remind us to go back to our God in repentance and forgiveness. And how, how do we receive that forgiveness? Is somebody else telling that to us? Yeah, we can say, it. oh God, please forgive me, but what a comfort it is to have an actual human being, another Christian, a pastor even, telling you, your sins are forgiven. That's the washing in Jesus' blood that his church does from now until the end of time. That's what gives us the perfection so that when Jesus comes again at the end of all things, he looks at us and says, oh, you're wearing the right clothes. They're all washed. You have the right to the tree of life because you are perfect because you are clothed in Jesus. Your sins have been washed away. Another essay talked about repentance and how sometimes it is a struggle when we struggle with our sins, but it leads us to repentance, someone coming to us and talking to us about our sin so that they can forgive us, so that they can, in the words of John, wash us in the blood of Jesus. I forgive you. Jesus forgives you. This is the church washing itself in the blood of the Lamb. That's how you get in to the city, the heaven, the reward for perfection. Now, there are going to be those outside of that city. And if your ears are, were read before, maybe they'll be read now. It says, outside are the dogs, right? Oh, what, what does Jesus have against dogs, right? What is he? Dogs are, you know, for some people might say, I'm not a dog person, but some people might say, what does Jesus have against dogs? And it's not the house pet dog. It's the stray dogs. It's the ones outside of the city, the ones that in the Old Testament, when Jezebel fell to her death, they were the ones that devoured her body. These are not animals you want to approach or have inside of your home. And Jesus describes who the dogs are, who are those who are outside of heaven. And he gives a list of, of things that are, we might say, like way far away from us, and then it, it gets closer and closer as he goes down the list to us. Let me uh, explain that. He says, outside are the dogs, that is, the sorcerers, the adulterers, the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So outside are the sorcerers, those who are using the devil and his power. The spiritual forces that are at work in this world are either the forces of God, and God has revealed to us in his word, this is how he works. This is how he does his spiritual work throughout this world. This is where spiritual power is found in his word and sacrament. That's where you find God. Now, if someone is able to do something otherworldly, that power is not from God. That would be sorcerers, using the powers of the devil. That would be for those who are outside And if you're listening to this and this is something you've been dabbling in, it's time for that to end. Come back to Jesus for the new beginning that he gives you in his word. Then it gets closer. Adulterers and murderers. So those people who take God's commands when it comes to life and it comes to uh, marriage and has their own ideas. And it's broad, right? Anytime, anyone who's taking any of God's commands and 
has their own ideas for it. Okay, that's getting a little bit closer. And then if, if confirmation is fresh in your mind and the, the commandments are fresh in your mind, idolaters, that's getting a lot closer because idolatry isn't just worshiping some, some thing made of stone or wood, but putting anything ahead of God. That's idolatry. That's getting a little bit closer. And then, even closest, those who love or practice falsehood. That's everyone. Isn't there so many times when we say, well, I know what God says about gossip, but did you hear what happened to so-and-so? Loving and practicing falsehood. I know what God says about taking care of our bodies, but it's fun to get drunk. I know what God says about taking care of our bodies, so I'm going to eat all of the good, the sugary foods and all of the foods that are not healthy for me. Loving, practicing falsehood. Have I hit all of you yet? Just go through the commandments of God. You you recognize that we're always taking God's word and truth and saying, yeah, but. Yeah, God says this, but I want to do this. And we want to push people who are going to be outside the kingdom of God far away from us. No, it's those people over there. Those those are the people that are going to be outside of heaven. But the truth of the matter is, is we are all deserving to be in that classification. They are all together out there. The dogs. God doesn't rank sin. God doesn't say one sin is worse than the other. There are no mortal venial sins. Sins that are harbored, that are loved, that are, are done again and again are ones that lead us further and further away from Christ. They are not to be trifled with. Because the end is coming. And Jesus has told us who's going to be outside and who's going to be inside. And he has given us another invitation today. Come drink. Be forgiven. Jesus forgives you. Your sins have been paid for with his blood. You are washed clean of your sin and guilt and shame through what Jesus has done. Jesus, who is the beginning and the end, the one who is there for us when we say no to sin and begin a new life in him, He's there for us in his word. And we have this reminder in the last verse, which I really appreciate. And the last verse goes like this. The one who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. What I really appreciate this is that Jesus is breaking the fourth wall. The fourth wall is something that happens in theater, whether you're watching a a play or whether you're watching television, and you have your actors in their little world 
doing their thing, and then all of a sudden they turn and address the audience as if they're buddy-buddies with the audience, as if the audience is there in that room. That's called breaking the fourth wall. John, as he is writing down what he hears and sees, as he is writing down the Word, the Word made flesh, Jesus. This is Jesus in his Word. If you want to understand Jesus and understand his personality and who he is, go to the Word. Here he is. As John is writing these things down, the Word speaks back to him, breaks the fourth wall. I'm coming soon. I like that because it reminds me of the fact that Jesus ascending into heaven isn't the end of his activity among God's people, that he continues to be among God's people as they share his word with one another, as they are washing each other in the blood of him. The one who promises, I'm going to come soon. I'm going to rescue you from this world, rescue you from yourself and your own sinful nature that you keep struggling with day after day. I'm coming soon. And John, as he's writing, he responds, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, the beginning. Jesus, the end. Jesus, the one who is there for all of our beginnings, the one who is there for all of our ends, will continue to be with us in his word until the end of all time. And so we join with John, saying, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Thanks for joining us on Emmanuel Cares. For more information how this country church can care for you or how you can help us care for others, go to shirleygreenleaf.com. That's S-H-I-R-L-E-Y, greenleaf.com. Emmanuel means God with us. May you go out today knowing and comforted that God is with you, for he cares for you.